We turn in God's Word this evening to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. Book of Genesis, chapter 1. The Hebrew word that is used for God throughout this entire chapter is the word Elohim. I'm going to read Genesis chapter 1 with that Hebrew word. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. The spirit of Elohim was hovering over the face of the waters. And Elohim said, let there be light, and there was light. And Elohim saw that the light was good. And Elohim separated the light from the darkness. Elohim called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And Elohim said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And Elohim made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And Elohim called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And Elohim said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place, And let dry land appear, and it was so. Elohim called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And Elohim saw that it was good. And Elohim said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth, and it was so. So the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And Elohim saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And Elohim said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And Elohim made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And Elohim set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And Elohim saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And Elohim said, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures, Let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So Elohim created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And Elohim saw that it was good. And Elohim blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. 
And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And Elohim said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And Elohim made the beast of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Excuse me. And Elohim saw that it was good. And Elohim said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So Elohim created man in his own image. In the image of Elohim, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And Elohim blessed them. And Elohim said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And Elohim said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And Elohim saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus far the reading of God's word. Let's again bow in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day that you have given us. We thank you for that spring has finally arrived. And dear Lord, as we drive to church today, we see people doing all kinds of activities and we are just grateful that you have brought us here this evening. And dear Lord, please be with Pastor Bob as he delivers your message and open our hearts and minds as a congregation to accept this word. Dear Lord, we thank you for everything that you have given us. This rest in your name. Amen. And amen. Well, let's get one thing straight. The word Trinity does not occur in the Bible. You can't find it. It isn't there. But that doesn't mean it isn't taught. That doesn't mean scripture doesn't give us the evidence, doesn't give us the, the concept, the idea, the truth, the reality of a triune God. There are many who say simply because the word is not there, it can't exist. We would say if the word teaches it, it does exist. From the beginning of his word, God has revealed himself as a triune God. This is not the extrapolation of some remote text here or there that, that somehow we as Orthodox Christians pull out of its context to somehow gain some understanding of this word that isn't even in the Bible. That's what the people in white shirts and ties knocking on your door try to convince you that we are doing. And nothing could be further from the truth. 
Over the course of the last several Sunday evenings, we have been looking at the Belgic Confession, and in particular, it has been focused on the Word of God. That the Word of God is true, that the Word of God is sufficient, that the Word of God gives us all that we need to know. So we must also confess something else. This truth that God is triune is a mystery. It is a mystery in the sense that it can, not in the sense that it is unable to be discovered. It is a mystery in the sense that we are unable to ever fully comprehend it. But that does not mean that we are not called to believe it. Do not disbelieve, but believe. I'm sure that day, that evening, when Jesus appears to those disciples, as we looked at this morning, there were some who were still going, I don't get it. I don't quite know how you did this. I don't quite grasp a resurrection. I don't know how somebody who we, who we know died upon the cross is now standing before us. We don't quite understand, fully comprehend how you just appeared in this room. But Jesus' word to them was, do not disbelieve, but believe. I don't think you and I in this life are ever going to be able to comprehend the triune nature of God. But Jesus' words to Thomas are the same words to you and I. Do not disbelieve, but believe. So tonight I place before you the evidence, the truth, the reality. Even as Thomas received that truth from his fellow disciples, we have seen the Lord, but he disbelieved. My prayer is that God, as God reveals his truth from his word, that even though this, this idea, this truth, this doctrine of God's triune nature will still remain a mystery and you will not be able to wrap your mind around it fully and comprehend it totally, that you will say, it is in God's word. I do not disbelieve, I believe. But that again, my friends, is only by the gift of God. So let us not exalt ourselves into thinking that somehow we're so much better. This too is by grace. Where do we begin? Well, we begin with the scripture text of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And the reason why I continued to read Genesis chapter 1 
with the word that is actually used in the Hebrew for God, Elohim. In fact, another word for God does not appear in the Hebrew text until Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. Every reference to God. In fact, there are 66 references to God in a row. Using this same name. Elohim. 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 I believe it's used, uh, according to one researcher, 2,500 and 70 times in the Old Testament. God has not left himself without witness. You say, well, Pastor Bob, what's the big deal about Elohim? That in the beginning, Elohim, and, and Elohim said, and Elohim saw. What, what's the big deal about this? The big deal is that Elohim is not singular, but plural. L, L, E-L, would be the Hebrew name for God. When you add the ending in Hebrew of an I am, such as in Elohim, that makes it plural. God is identifying himself from the very first mention of himself. As I am a plurality. In the beginning the plurality created the heavens and the earth. What plurality? God. God in his being, in his essence created the world. But as God reveals that to you and I. In his word, in his authoritative word, in his sufficient word, in his true word. In his inerrant word. God says, the thing I want you to know is that I am a plurality. Now, don't think about plurality in the sense of one, two, three. Now, don't think about it in that sense. Because there is something else going on in this text. Every verb that is associated with Elohim is not plural, but singular. So that as much as in English we have plural and singular nouns, there are plural and singular ways by which the verbs in Hebrew function. In other words, from a purely Hebrew grammatical standpoint, Genesis 1 is all out of whack. I take a lot of comfort in that. As you know, I'm not always the best grammatician in the world okay? and and some of you think my pronunciations of some words don't make sense and I say the word creek funny rather than crick 
oh no, I say crick and not creek. And I said, you group kids are always finding something wrong with the way I speak. All of Genesis 1 is grammatically incorrect. But wait a minute. Genesis 1 cannot be inerrant. Genesis 1 cannot be wrong. That which God has revealed here is indeed truth. This is exactly what God wanted us to know. I am Elohim. I want you to know of the fact that, that that's plural, but that which I do, how I act, is singular. You say, well, why don't the Jewish people get this? Because you have to live disbelieving. See, that's what this comes down to. Here is the evidence. Here are the disciples standing before Thomas. We have seen the Lord. Here is the Lord standing before the Jewish people. This is who I am. Well, why don't they believe? Because they disbelieve. It's not unbelief. It is disbelief. They willfully turn their back upon that truth. They'll come up with all sorts of fanciful ways as to why that doesn't work and why that doesn't fit. Even going to the extent of saying, well, you know, in some literature out there in the pagan world, I am is added to feminine God. So is God feminine? It's like, where did that come from? You're going to make that the, your argument? This is the revealed truth of God. But of course, every Jewish person is going to rely upon another text, aren't they? Their Shema. Anybody know where that's found? Anybody know where it's found? Somebody must. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Turn there. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Oh, they got us. They got us, right? Must be Genesis 1 is wrong. Because Deuteronomy 6.4 says God is one. I just said Elohim is plural. Must be Genesis 1 is mistaken in that, well, maybe God's word actually begins then at Genesis 6.4. The Lord is one. Uh, minor little technical problem. The Hebrew word that is actually used here for one would mean the same as the following. A bunch of grapes. If I were to hold a cluster of grapes and ask you, how many clusters do I have? You would answer, one. The Lord our God is one. 
But the word here means one as it exists in a cluster. One as it exists in, a, in an expressed unity. Well, you don't have to, to use a term to express unity if there is but a singular. See, even in the, 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 the favorite text of the Jewish people to, to decry the Trinity, God is revealing himself. Folks, read the word. Read the testimony. Read that which God has declared. The word that is used here for one is the same word that is used and the man and his wife shall become one flesh. Now think about that. Do a man and his wife at their marriage become a combination of the two? Do they morph into a single being? Well, yes, in a sense. In a sense, a husband and wife become a single entity, but they exist in a plurality. And that's the same word that God uses here in Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And expressed unity of components. The marvelous thing that God has done here in giving to us his word, his revealed word, we get it. God's been telling us all along he exists. Now, I'll grant you, okay, I'll grant you. You read Genesis 1, even though we insert the word Elohim, it does not say three. Correct. But it does teach us, it does illustrate to us, not only there, but that is the, the, the text from Deuteronomy as well, the fact that God exists as a being of more than one person. Understood by a text further in Genesis 1, Verses 26 and 27. Let us make man in our image. Let us, plural, more than one. Let us make, let us create. Who besides God can create? Oh, there are some who say, well, that was the angels. Really? Angels are on the same par, the same level as God? Well, 
course not, because we're going to read a little bit later that God made the angels. So they cannot be involved in this. Who is it that God can converse with on the same level, on the same plane as himself? Just himself. There is no one else to have that conference with other than himself. He, in a single essence, expresses himself as a plurality, in the plural. And we could go on and on with Old Testament texts, but let me give you some other scriptures, okay, that, that continue on this theme. Think of the baptism of Jesus, Matthew chapter 3. You have the Father speaking, Behold, my Son in whom I am well pleased. You have the Son there in the midst of being baptized, Jesus. You have the Spirit of God in the form of a dove lighting upon him. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You have in the Great Commission, Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 28, go into all the world. And, and what did, what, and, and I didn't coax him, I didn't say anything to him. Reverend Grunedek this morning didn't, didn't have, didn't know where we were going this evening. But did you see what he did? As he baptized Hendrick, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because that's exactly what Jesus said to do. This is the name upon which. This is the name that is placed upon us. The name of Elohim. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As Jesus said. See, that's why all those, those points that, that Debray has made in the Belgic about Scripture are so important. Because it is Scripture from which this comes. This is not coming from the imagination of man. This is God's Word. Think of the transfiguration of Christ in Matthew chapter 17. Again, now you don't have three represented there at the transfiguration. Unless you want to somehow think the cloud is involved, but I, that probably is extrapolating well beyond the text. But certainly you have, you have the Father, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And there is Jesus, right there. There is Christ. Certainly there we see again the evidence of the fact of Elohim. You think of the epistles. Turn with me, for example, to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Second Corinthians chapter 13. This benediction that comes upon the church at Corinth. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, 
and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Paul is again indicating to us Elohim. See, it's Christianity that is the consistent one to the scriptures. It is Christianity, Orthodox Christianity, in its expression of this doctrine of Elohim. And, and maybe that would be the, the best thing to do because seeing Trinity isn't a scriptural word, maybe we should simply say we believe in the doctrine of Elohim. People would look at us like, what's going on at Little Farms now? Okay? But if the objection to people is simply to the word Trinity, then why don't we just tell them the word that it is? We believe in Elohim, a triune God. Because that's what God's word is teaching us. That's what God's word is reminding us the truth of. Take the handout. Debray, in his desire, along with the fellow believers there of that congregation in the lowland, is seeking to set down an explanation of that which they believe. In these two articles, Debray is seeking, as we do as the Reformed Church today, to set down clearly and distinctly what do we believe about God. So, please follow along and respond. We're simply using the words of the Belgic Confession here. Article 8. According to this truth and this word of God, we believe in one only God who is the one single essence. Namely, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Father is the cause, origin, and beginning of all things visible and invisible. The Holy Spirit is the eternal power and might proceeding from the Father and the Son. Since the Holy Scriptures teach us that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit have each his personality distinguished by their properties, but in such wise that these three persons are but one only God. Nevertheless, these persons thus distinguished are not divided nor intermixed. For the Father has not assumed the flesh, 
nor has the Holy Spirit, but the Son only. For they are all three co-eternal and co-essential. Article 9. And this we know as well from the testimony of Holy Writ as from their operations and chiefly by those we feel in ourselves. Which are not so necessary to enumerate as to choose them out with discretion and judgment. In Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27, God says, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, etc. And God created man in his own image. Male and female created he them. And when he says God created, he signifies the unity. It is true that he does not say how many persons there are. But that which appears to us somewhat obscure in the Old Testament is very plain in the New. This form is also instituted by Christ in the baptism of all believers. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Wherefore also the holy thing which is begotten shall be called the Son of God. And there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And although this doctrine far surpasses all human understanding, nevertheless, we now believe it by means of the word of God, but expect hereafter to enjoy the perfect knowledge and benefit thereof in heaven. Moreover, we must observe the particular offices and operations of these three persons towards us. This doctrine of the Holy Trinity has always been affirmed 
and maintained by the true church since the time of the apostles to this very day against the Jews, Mohammedans, and some false Christians and heretics such as Marson, Mons, Praxis, Celebes, Samatanius, Arius, and such like who have been justly condemned by the Orthodox Fathers. Likewise, that which, conformable thereunto, is agreed upon by the ancient fathers. It all boils down to a statement you made. In all these places, what places? In God's word, in God's authoritative word, in all these places, we are fully taught that there are three persons in one only divine essence. The evidence of truth is there. The evidence of the truth was given to Thomas. We have seen the Lord. But with that truth, Thomas willfully disbelieved. He rejected the truth. As do the people of the Jewish faith today. As do Muslims today. As do Jehovah's Witnesses today. As do Mormons today. That truth, the truth of Scripture, it's not unbelief, it's not ignorance. It is a willful turning from the truth that God has revealed himself. I am Elohim. I am one. God's truth is there. As I said before, it's not a call to fully understand. But do you believe? Even as Debray said, we're never going to fully understand this until we're in glory. but he was willing to die for it. As well as hundreds of others. Are you? We live in a day and age in which many Christians are more accommodating on this than they ought to be. 
Many Christians gather with Jews and Muslims and declare, well, we're all just worshiping one God. No, that isn't true. That's a lie. That's disbelief. That's a rejection of the truth of God's word. There are many today, as did in the day of of Arius, one of the men that are mentioned here, who get fancy-filled ideas that contradict the truth of God's word. Beliefs such as, well, Jesus is the first creation of God, but he's not really God. Those door knockers that come to your home. But friends, that's not unbelief. That's disbelief. There is a willful turning away from the truth of God's word. We are called not to disbelieve, but to believe. Not because my mind understands it. Not because Bob can reason it out and it makes sense. But because God said it. I'm sure many of you out there this evening are going, man, this doctrine of the Trinity, this is a complicated thing. Man, oh man, it, it takes so many words to explain this. I, I just don't get it. The question is not, do you get it? The question is, do you believe it? Do you believe it? I don't get grace. I don't get it. I don't know why a righteous, holy God would ever send his son to die for me. I don't get it. But I certainly believe it. In the beginning, Elohim. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for its truth. And we thank you for this reminder, Father, that that our belief in the fact that, that you are three in one does not arise out of the teachings of John Calvin, doesn't come from the pen of Martin Luther, but it comes from your word. A truth as ancient as creation itself. You've been testifying who you are through the pages of your word. Father, we pray that we, like Thomas of old, might bow before you. Say, my Lord and my God. In Christ's name.
God's people say. Amen. 300.